Welcome to ICUP with We. This is a podcast that chronicles our pursuit of knowledge as we explore the pop culture phenomenon that is the insane clown posse. I'm Aaron. And I'm Eric. And today we're reviewing Violent J's 2009 solo album, The Shining. What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Christmas time is here. Uh, that is right, guys. We're nearing closer and closer to Christmas time. Can you believe it? I am not here alone. I'm going to ask my co-host right now if he can believe it. The co-host with the co-most, Eric, can you believe it? No! Not, not at all. Not even a little. It does not feel like Christmas. I'm in a constant state of disbelief. I think the fact that both you and myself moved literally in the same weekend. Yes. Both you and myself moved so close to Christmas. Have y'all put up any like decorations or anything? Uh, (laughs) I'm not. So I'm not, I'm not really, I don't mind Christmas decorations. I think they're nice to look at. I love when I go someplace and they're up, but I'm, um, I really like my house to be in order the way it is. So I don't like a bunch of new stuff kind of cluttering up. So I'm not a huge fan of putting up Christmas decorations. With that said, we do sometimes put stuff up. And this year we put up a tree, but there's nothing on it. It's just a tree (laughs) so far. Well, you're doing better than us because we have not put up a single Christmas decoration. I mean, do you need to? Do you need to? I mean, I feel like this year we have an excuse. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like this year we have an excuse. Two excuses. A, we just moved. B, it's a pandemic and nobody's coming over and going to ooh and odd ah our Christmas decorations anyways. See, that's always what I think. And especially this year, I'm like, I don't need to put up Christmas decorations. Like, nobody's going to come over and see it. We don't have kids. There's nobody coming over that's going to appreciate it. And, like, my sister was like... You- doesn't matter i you know just do it for you and i'm like well if i'm just doing something for me then i'm gonna not put decorations up yeah the my gift to myself is not having to spend a day getting those from the attic and right doing that and then taking Uh, it back down later right and then taking it back down as as a kid i always felt like okay we put up these christmas decorations and it, they're up for so long and they look so beautiful. Yeah. But then like I got into teenage years and I would help my dad put up Christmas decorations. I'm like, we take these motherfuckers down in two weeks. Why? <laughs> what? Like, this sucks. <laughs> That's the having to do it yourself is the moment when you're like, ah, Christmas decorations suck. But I will say once they're all up, once they're all up, you sit down on your couch your lights are off, your tree is lit, it's looking beautiful, and you have a nice cup of coffee, it, it feels good. It does. It, it does. It feels very good. Can't and deny that. I think that. that in itself is worth it. But the, our plans today are to put up Christmas decorations. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Who knows? Yeah. Well, hey, maybe you could just, um, since today is the first day of the 12 days of Christmas, right? There's 12 days left. Maybe you could just decorate your house with the 12 items put one up each day 
We could. That's true. That's yeah. true. And then just immediately start taking him down as soon as we put the last piece up. Huh? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Another Christmas thing. I was telling you off air. Emily and I did our Christmas shopping uh, yesterday. And it included a lot of it was online, but it also included we had to go to a couple stores, um, including I had to go to the mall to return something. So I walk into the mall and what do I see but a giant Christmas display? And I think, oh, nice. Mall Santa's here. A, is that the best idea? B, there's a lot of people in line. Mm -hmm. I get closer. It was not a mall Santa at all. It was a mall Grinch. What? Have you ever heard that? No. no. Is that real? Had a mall Grinch. Yeah, I, <laughs> I swear to God, my local mall had a mall Grinch, and I was so baffled. I, I walked out after I returned my items. I walked uh, out. And I was. I. I looked at Emily. I was like, "This mall had a Grinch." <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? I was like, they didn't have a Santa. They had a Grinch. That doesn't, is that mall owned by uh, what? whoever it is, Warner Brothers, or whoever owns the rights to the Grinch movie? Who, I don't, that, who knows? Who knows? It was so strange. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't stand it. Hey, I thought about it all afternoon. More we ended power up going to another to them, store. Though. Think about oh, that. Dude, like, if I thought about it, I was like, man. If I had a picture as a child with a mall Grinch, that would be badass. But also somewhere, some a group of corporate executives are sitting around a table and they were like, these mall Santas have a lock on Christmas. How do we take a bite out of that? How do we take a piece of that mall Santa pie? And they were like, we own the rights to the Grinch. Let's put that bitch up in the mall. Right. Like. But imagine like like pitching that to the the mall. It's like, hey, um, so we're not gonna have a Santa this year. And they're like, <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 totally. That completely makes sense. Pandemic, yeah, I agree. And then you immediately like, because we're having a Grinch. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. I, I was with you all the way up to the part where you said Grinch. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, yeah, so that was a very strange thing. I did get my mall Santa fix in that uh, we went to Nebraska Furniture Mart mm. later in the day, and there they did have a mall Santa that I could uh, oogle at, ogle at. Did you uh, sit on his lap? Tell him what you want. I did not, um, mainly because if you're as big as Santa Claus, uh, <laughs> you just you can't. No, it's you can't. upsetting. Well, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, we, we don't need to get too deep into Christmas because next week, on next week's episode, for everybody that's listening, make sure you tune in because we're going to go six deep on Christmas. Wait a minute. That's the wrong show. Hold up. What? But no, it's our special holiday themed episode next week. Next week, holiday themed episode. I am very excited about that. We're going to dive deep into holiday cheer. Yeah. Eric, I don't know about you, but I might be sipping on eggnog whenever... Uh, actually, I know you're not sipping on eggnog whenever we're doing that episode. No, I, I might probably be. not. Uh, I'll, um, uh, I'll get some, um, some like, silk holiday nog. I was going to say, is there, like, a vegan eggnog option? There's so many. There's so many. Maybe I should get some of that 
and we can like both let's coordinate and we can possibly both get the same vegan eggnog we can we can nog it hard nog it up <laughs> well until we nog it up next weekend uh for the episode for the coming week let's go ahead and get into this episode okay mm. so there were no albums to review in 2008 they took a year off so let's talk about our our hip hop releases of 2008 and 9 so we stay on track so eric what do you got for us uh i'm just going to preface this by saying both years I was almost completely unfamiliar with all of these songs. I recognize every single artist, but these are all singles and albums that I missed. I think total, there were maybe four or five songs that I feel like I've heard. But in 2008, here are the albums with the highest first week sales in position 10. Snoop Dogg with an album called Ego Trippin' and a song called sexual eruption apparently the radio version was called sensual seduction because that's better uh, is it <laughs> i don't know i don't know number nine nas released an album called untitled with the song hero um number eight rick ross released the album trilla with the boss featuring t-pain i realized in 2008 and nine if you didn't have t-pain or lil wayne on your track you were fucking up yeah, you're 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 doing it wrong. Right. Um I and by the way, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. This is where I fall off big time. Big time. I think I think this is this is kind of where we both had that large shift into alternative and hardcore and metal kind of music, right? Right. Like I told you, I was like I know in 2008 I joined a, a like technical deathcore group and you know Bought some super skinny jeans and white sunglasses and youth large shirts. And uh, I was like, I don't want to say hip hop had no place in my life, but I don't I don't know almost any of this music. So so I know very little on this list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's move on. Here's one. I I figured for sure I would know some of this, but uh, in position seven in 2008, Ludacris released Theater of the Mind. Uh, the biggest song was What Them Girls Like, but I didn't recognize it. Still sounds like him, though. Uh, Luda. Number six, Plies released Definition of Real with Bust It Baby Part Two featuring Neo. Okay. Neo feature. Yeah. Yeah, there, Neo had a bunch of features when I was looking at singles here. Uh, number five, The Game released LAX with the song My Life featuring Lil Wayne. You know he was winning that year because he had Lil Wayne on a track. Oh, yeah. Number four, Young Jeezy released the album The Recession with the songs Put On and a song I definitely heard at that time, My President featuring Nas. Now, there was two versions of that That's song. Sure. I think Jay-Z did one as well, and they were very slightly different. Um, number three, Kanye West released 808s and Heartbreak. Now, I'm I'm familiar with the name of this album, but... Uh, even though the songs seem to be relatively big hits, I didn't recognize them. But Heartless and Paranoid featuring Mr. Hudson were the two big tracks off of this one. 
Yeah, I, I was never really a Kanye fan. I knew I know that the name 808s and Heartbreak just yeah. from pop culture, but yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat. Same. All right. Number two in 2008 was T.I. with Paper Trail. Now, this song I do know, and I actually think it's a pretty good song, Whatever You Like, and then another song called Live Your Life featuring Rihanna. So I know that. These are both bops, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, At number one, no surprise in 2008, was Lil Wayne with The Carter Three and songs that, at that time, you could not avoid hearing, Lollipop and Amelie. Like... Oh yeah, you. Whether you liked them or not, I kind of enjoyed them. Uh, yeah, they're fine songs. They've got enough character, and they're you know memorable. So I'll give it that. Definitely memorable. Also, I release, probably sing you both of those. <laughs> uh, go go for it. Give me give me a little bit of a Millie. Okay. Now I want you to I sing it. I know that was just the backing track. Yeah, but. Don't don't just play the track. Now I want you to actually do it. Okay. Oh, oh you wanted me to do it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I was, <laughs> no. I was confused. Okay. Uh, a millionaire. I'm a young money millionaire. <laughs> fresher than. Right? Yes. It's pretty good. Yes, dude. It's <laughs> pretty good. Um, also released that year was Flow Rida, the album Mail on Sunday, with another song that I'm surprised this wasn't on the top 10 selling albums because you could not avoid the song, Low. Oh, yeah. Dude, Low was everywhere. So, okay, quick Flow Rida weird thing. So around this time, anybody that knows me, actually, I'm not going to say that because it's not really something that people know about me anymore. But when I was growing up, my both of my parents went to University of Florida, so they're huge University of Florida fans. Yes, which made me a, a huge University of Florida fan, right? Okay. So I had a a zip up Florida hoodie, uh, that that just said that said Florida on the front. Yes, and it zipped, and when you unzipped it, uh, it said Flow Rider. It zipped between the O and the R. It zipped between the O and the R. And I thought, this is, it had to have been somewhat intentional. That's hilarious. Yes. And it also made me realize Flo Rida's name is just Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't realize that until I had the visual representation on my chest. Hmm. Uh, there was definitely a moment and I think I was like shopping in a store while the song was playing or something and I saw something that like it triggered for me. I was like, Flow Rida, Florida. Oh, Florida. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. That's my weird Flow Rida thing. <laughs> that's a good, good anecdote. Anyway, uh, also it released in 2008. Psychopathic Records had three releases. Dark Lotus released The Opaque Brotherhood, Boondocks released Crimson Creek, and Anybody Killer released Mudface. Uh, not not a super strong lineup there for 2008, but hey, whatever. No, nah, not at all. Yeah, so let's move on to 2009. So here's our top hip-hop albums for 2009. Uh, number 10, uh, First Week Sales... UGK released an album called UGK for Life with a song called The Game Been Good to Me. That is the most 2009 song title I've ever heard, I think. I agree. I agree. Uh, number nine, Gucci Mane released Murder Was the Case with the song Stupid with two O's. 
Now, how did he release an album called Murder Was the Case? Didn't Snoop Dogg sue him over that? Should have. Did he? No, I don't think so, but he should have. He should have, yeah. Probably should have. Uh, number eight was Fabulous with Loso's Way and the song Throw It in the Bag, which apparently was a big hit, but I listened to it and I was like, yeah, I never heard this. Can I be honest? Yeah. I don't even know who the fuck Fabulous is. I've only ever heard one Fabulous song, and it's Breathe. I, I think that was the big hit, but apparently uh, subsequent albums sold pretty well. So there's that. Uh, number seven, and I, I never, I've never heard this album. Uh, the first time I've ever listened to these songs was when I was researching this, but I know Kid Cudi was everywhere at this point. And these songs were some of the biggest songs of the year. He released the album oh, yeah. Man on the Moon at the end of the day with the songs Day and Night, Make Her Say, and Pursuit of Happiness. And I gotta say, I kind of liked all three of them. They are all three good songs. Day and Night I holds up big time, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, pretty um, good. Same, same with the other two, honestly. But also, why do you pronounce his name Kid Cudi? Uh, to me, I feel like that should be Cootie. Yeah, Cootie sounds about right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, number six, Jada Kiss released The Last Kiss with the song Who's Real? Um, number nice. five, Young Money, which this is a Lil Wayne project, released We Are Young Money with the songs Bedrock, Every Girl, and Roger That. And I think Bedrock was a very popular song off that album. I think every girl was the best song off of that album. Yeah. Because middle school me at the time, or no, I'm sorry. High school me at the time. I mm. thought the subject matter was hilarious. It's pretty ridiculous. It's great. Um, no young money. This, okay. We are young money. actually was, a solid album in my opinion and it's something that i did listen to when it came out uh and heavily enjoyed yeah i i never listened to it i just heard a couple of the singles i wasn't necessarily a rap and hip-hop fan back in these days because i still i i very much listened to like mallcore scene and emo music yeah but i was still a lil wayne fan you you definitely were a lil wayne fan I was a a Lil Wayne head. (laughs) Uh, Okay, moving on. Number four, top selling first week album. Rick Ross released Deeper Than Rap with the song Magnificent. I've never heard it. Uh, Number three, 50 Cent released Before I Self-Destruct with the songs Baby By Me and Do You Think About Me. I did not realize 50 Cent just kept putting out albums, but apparently he did. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't aware as well. Uh, number two, Jay-Z released The Blueprint 3 with, I would say, easily two of his biggest modern hits, Run This Town and Empire State of Mind. Oh, yeah, dude. Empire State of Mind was huge. Huge. And I think Run This Town was in like a bunch of movie trailers and stuff. Yeah. I, now that I recall, I think you're right. Yeah. And it had Rihanna. Like, come on. Yeah, come on. Uh, number one that year, Eminem Relapse. Now, I have never heard any of these songs. I listened to them and I went, oh well, these God. all sound like Eminem. But Crack a Bottle, We Made You, 3AM, and Beautiful were all big songs. And they all sound like if somebody made uh, AI listen to 10,000 hours of Eminem 
and said, now make Eminem songs. Can I tell you something that's embarrassing? Yes. I used to be able, I used to have the entirety of crack a bottle memorized and I could perform it. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's, Dude, uh, I loved, I love crack a bottle for some reason. I don't know why I've never been a massive. I've always thought Eminem was good. You know, mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed him, but for some reason, dude, I love crack a bottle. Wow. Wow. I've never heard it until a couple days ago. So dude, crack a bottle, let your body waddle. Don't act like a snobby model. You just hit the lotto. Yeah. Cause that makes perfect sense. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, couple other important albums that dropped that year. Uh, also, Flo Rida released the album Roots with the song Right Round, which I think has Kesha on it. Uh, yeah, I think so. And more important than anything else, Bow Wow dropped New Jack City 2. And I think this album is the sequel to the movie New Jack City. Huh. I've never listened to the album. Neither have I, but I know Bow Wow is a huge part of our journey. Massive. Massive. So let's take a look at what Psychopathic did in 2009. Again, just three albums. Twisted released Wicked. Violent J released The Shining, which we're talking about today. And ICP released Bang, Pow, Boom, which we'll talk about in a couple episodes when we start season three. That's not bad. Not bad. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Well, hey. That was 2008 and 2009 in music. For some reason, we didn't talk about I Set My Friends on Fire. I could have sworn they would have popped up on this list, but uh, they didn't. Uh, It's okay. Oh, my God. Um, What's that um, album, You Can't Spell Slaughter Without Laughter? Yes. Uh, The song Things That Rhyme With Orange. And it was uh, like their big song. And Hardcore Two-Step. Yeah. Um, Wow, that's... uh, I know people love that band, but to me, they are one of the jokiest, stupidest bands I've ever heard. Dude, let me let me tell you just quickly before we move on. I don't want to get into a hole. I, I set my friends on fire a hole, but <laughs> I I also think that they are very worth doing a podcast over in the future. Just want to let you know. Right, yeah. um, hmm. But uh, <laughs> dude, every time I hear that album, still to this day. My mind, I'm transported. I have my my iPod uh, Shuffle or iPod Nano, whichever the one with the screen is. Who's the Nano? Nano, yeah. I'm transported back to when I had my iPod Nano. My I, I'm wearing skinny jeans. I have a slouch beanie on. I'm wearing a Hot Topic Attack Attack shirt. Oh boy! And I'm in my school cafeteria, waiting for my my first class of the day talking to all the other kids that looked exactly like me uh wow wow uh when i when i feel like torturing the guys when we're on tour and i've done this once or twice i'll put on songs from that album that's no torture at all dude that's no torture at all that's 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 easy easy listening Mm, i don't know (laughs) i don't know well, hey, we will uh, get to that when we get to our uh, I Set My Friends on Fire with We podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but until then, why don't we get to our review? So this is the story of a girl, but this is also a Violent J 
solo album. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen a solo effort from Violent J since the Wizard of the Hood EP, which uh, was released. When was that released? I uh, several episodes ago. Yeah, I mean it was. It's it's more what was it, recent. Like two thousand three or two. Okay, um, it, it's more recent. I feel like than the gap between Shaggy's solo stuff. <laughs> yes, definitely. Let's see. Um, when was because it that was a massive gap. It was released in two thousand three. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so two thousand three to two thousand nine. For somebody that's constantly putting out albums and EPs in a group, that's totally normal for solo stuff yeah finally excited to get back to some solo violent j stuff with the shining eric tell me what we need to know well the album released on april 28th of 2009 which was violent j's 37th birthday kind of interesting uh all but three tracks on this album are produced by Mike E. Clark. And when you look at the credits, rather than recording this at the Lotus Pod, all tracks were either recorded at Mike Clark's Funhouse Studios, which it's been quite a while since they've recorded there, or at Violent J's Cabin in the Woods studio, which is a new studio. I think he bought a house and converted part of it to a studio out there. So that's kind of interesting. Oh, nice. Uh, Violent J stated that he wasn't interested in pursuing a solo career, but he felt like it was his turn to drop an album and he had to put out something that would make the fans happy and not let them down. He said his goal was to provide variance for listeners by performing with different rap styles for every track, which when you listen to it, I'm not sure I hear that, but there's definitely some variation. There's some variation. I wouldn't say every track. No, 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 no. Uh, It still feels all like him. So the album was originally completed in quotes and intended to be released in October of 2008, which was going to be followed by a 20 city tour. But apparently Violent J didn't want to tour solo. So instead of releasing the album and touring, he just gave copies of the album away for free at the Gathering of the Juggalos in 2008. Uh, the version given out was on CDRs, and it didn't have a title. It didn't. It wasn't the final mix. It was just called Violent J Demo. It was also missing four tracks that ended up on the final proper release. Hmm. I wonder what those CDs are worth right now. Probably a lot. Oh, I'm sure. So when this album dropped, it peaked at number five on Billboard's top independent albums chart. It also went to number 14 on the top rap chart, number 28 on the top R&B and hip hop chart, and number 48 on the Billboard top 200. This was a, a, a album that charted very well for them. Yeah, it's pretty successful. Yeah. Uh, it sold 10,000 copies in its first week. And if I remember... When we talked about Shaggy's solo album, it did 14,000 in a week, which is interesting. Not that it's a competition, but I wonder how much of that is people hear a lot of Island J and they were like, okay, it's another ICP album or how much of it is just, there's been a couple of years and maybe they've lost some fans. Hard to say. Right. The song Jealousy was released as a single and a video. I watched the video and I was like, what? Okay, it's pretty weird. Uh, The booklet inside the album included a two-page spread for the new ICP album, Bang Pow Boom, uh, along with the words, The Saga of the Dark Carnival Continues and All New Music from ICP, produced by Mike E. Clark. 
So that was an interesting tease. It's also an interesting tease mm. for us because we are taking this journey just, you know, several years later. Uh, mm-hmm. But the saga of the Dark Carnival continues, makes it sound like they are going to revert back to where they were in some capacity. Hey, fingers crossed, in my opinion. Same, same. Uh, Also included in that booklet were two-page spreads for Big Money Rustlers the Movie, a documentary called A Family Underground, the story behind the gathering of the Juggalos, and ads for the 10th annual gathering, a new Twisted album, and an album called Mike E. Clark's Psychopathic Murder Mix Volume 1, which has all these crazy remixes and mashups. I went and listened to a little bit of it, and it was pretty interesting. Huh. Yeah. Any anything noteworthy, no, worthwhile? Yes. Mixes of, of old songs. Yeah. There is an awesome mashup of Twisted's "Rock the Dead" and ICP's "Dead Body Man," where they where he put uh, all the you know sort of verses and stuff from "Dead Body Man" over Twisted's "Rock the Dead" music and sort of mashed them together, and it works really well. Hell yeah! Yeah. Pretty, I'm gonna have to go just, check that out. Yeah. Mike E. Clark being a genius. What are the odds? What are the odds? We couldn't odds? call that, right? No, no. Well, hey, thank you for the information. That is very valuable. It will help us in deciphering The Shining. Let's talk about our review now. Let's go ahead and get into it. Let's start with the album cover as usual. Eric, what are you thinking on this album cover? Well, this album cover, for anybody that's not directly looking at now hopefully... Each week, you listen to the album prior to listening to this podcast. This is a this is a listen along. You do your homework, then you come here and we have a conversation. So you've Correct. seen this album cover already, but it it's Violent J recreating that really iconic Jack Torrance moment in the movie The Shining where he has chopped through the door and he sticks his face through and he says, here's Johnny, except instead of an axe, it's Violent J with a bloody knife stuck through the door. This album cover is strange. It is strange. It is way better than the album cover that we reviewed last week. Yeah. But it is also not a good album cover. I'm noticing first off the the axe is switched with a knife, mm-hmm. a kitchen knife uh, that has blood all over it. Mm-hmm. And is Violent J does Violent J have a couple teeth missing? It kind of looks like it, but I can't I tell if he does or not. It kind of looks like it, like maybe three. A- anyways, so his face on this album cover is good. I think it's funny. <laughs> it is funny. And the way he's looking over at the knife is kind of funny. Yeah, like even he is surprised that like he got a knife through a door. Yeah. Like let's talk about that real fast. He got a knife through a door. I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could do that either. When I heard that we were reviewing a an, an album called The Shining, mm-hmm. and then I opened it up and saw this i yeah. thought oh yeah <laughs> like it was just like mm, yeah obvious right this is the obvious the obvious cover for an album called the shining right yeah this this was idea number one they never pitched idea number two i actually think they took this picture for a promo and they were like okay we're gonna do this shining picture and they were like well we don't have a, a name for the album co- for the album we'll just make this the cover and call it the shining Boom. 
or, or something. Yeah. I, there's there's some bad um, Photoshop going on. There's like cracks in the paint that all look like they are added in post. The wood looks like it is brand new, fresh wood that they have broken and too yeah. thin for a door. Um, I, I don't. It's it's weird. It there. It's okay. It's better than last week, but it's also kind of chintzy. Yeah, what that is too thin for a door. What is this supposed to be like a, a piece of plywood? It's not a fence. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's probably a piece of plywood or or, uh, or one of those pre-finished, uh, like pre-textured yeah. siding panels, something for, like the exterior of houses. But it's not a door. Yeah, definitely very bad photoshopping uh, happening here. But yeah, I mean, this is definitely better than last week's. But that's last week's was the worst. We both yes. agreed it was the worst the we've worst. ever seen. Yes. So. Step you in know. the right direction. Yeah, it's baby step. Baby. But yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Guys, that's our uh, review on the album cover. We still have to review the album. Yeah. So let's go track by track. Intro, guys. The, okay, so first off, this is 15 tracks. Mm-hmm. Comes in a shade under an hour. So not, no songs are extremely long here. Mm-mm. Does it feel long? We'll see. We'll get into it. Let's go ahead and start with the intro. Eric, what were your thoughts? Uh, number one, I am really disappointed that this intro didn't follow the Shining theme. It would have been really easy to have a woman screaming and the sound of an axe chopping a door and then Violent J going, here's Joey, uh, and then start the album. It would have it would have brought it together. It would have made sense. That didn't happen. Yeah. Instead... Instead, what we have, and I listened three times trying to make sense of it. I think this is people digging up a coffin, cracking it open, and then all these sirens start going off and Violent J comes out singing this song. I think, I think that's what happens here. It's almost a song on its own, but not a great song. It's it's halfway between us. I, I don't know. Please tell me your thoughts. It's okay. So it was definitely, it it wasn't a song more so than their intros usually are. Yeah. It was very cobbled together. First of all, the beat needed work. The, the alarm in the beat hated it. Yes. Hated it. Uh, did not fit well. Um, the, the chorus was bad. The verses didn't sound great. At this point, I would have rather just had, you know, had an intro like they usually do, where it's just 30 seconds of bullshit talking. Yeah. Give me that. Getting you in the mood, right? Yeah. You know, give me exactly. Give me that talk. But yeah, it it definitely it was more so a real song than their intros usually are. But compared to any other band that does intros like this, this was bad. Yeah, uh, it didn't it didn't grab hold of you. And make you go, okay, what? Okay, I'm I'm stoked for what's about to happen. No, uh, it, d- it didn't put me in the mood at all. No, no. Uh, so, what did you think actually of the first listed song called "Wake Up"? Wake up. Okay, so um, I wasn't a fan of the beat. I loved the fact that he refers to himself as Joe Bruce Lee, which is something he does often. Apparently, I've never heard the Joe Bruce Lee thing before. But that's kind of fun. Yeah. So, okay. So here, um, you know, shouts out to genius.com user Mushy Mustard. I knew it was going to be Mushy Mustard. Um, Had to be Mushy Mustard. 
Violent J's real name is Joe Joseph Bruce, but he sometimes call him, calls himself Joe Bruce Lee because of his love for Bruce Lee movies. In his autobiography, Behind the Paint, he wrote, I sign my name as Joe Bruce Lee on anything I don't really care about, including doctor fill-out forms. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, I thought that was a little... When I was reading through the lyrics as I was listening, I was like, oh, that's 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 pretty good. That's actually I pretty like funny. That. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I thought the flows were really good. The chorus was not good. When have I ever liked a chorus in these late years of ICP, though? Yeah. So I'm not going to knock them too hard on that, I guess. Uh, overstate is welcome a little bit. The outro was a little long, mm-hmm. but... Um, I did. I very much so enjoyed the beat during the outro. I thought the the outro beat was was really good. Um, so I didn't really mind how overstaying it was. Okay. What were your thoughts? Uh, well, first off, I was really disappointed to find that this was not a cover of the Coheed and Cambria song. Very, um, very upsetting. I, I really had hoped that's what I was going to be dealing with here. But instead... Uh, we got a song that I think was kind of not about much. It didn't have a, a real focus. It was kind of a hype, begin the album type song. I thought the beat was kind of boring. I thought the concept was boring. I actually thought the flows were pretty boring, and I, I really didn't dig the chorus here. I think the choruses on this album in general are lacking, but um, this this was a super forgettable track to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't blame you for thinking so. Um, honestly... Now that you mention it, there's not a lot of songs that have truly, truly strong meanings or purpose, right? No, not not much, really. Not on this album. Not on this album. Yeah. All right. Well, that was Wake Up. Let's move on to track number three, a song that is on an album that's titled after a movie, and it's a song titled after a movie, Fight Club. What were your thoughts? Uh, this one features Isham and Necro, uh, and Necro's a, a rapper that I've heard before in the past. Um, I don't know, man, for being a song literally about fighting, this comes off soft as fuck to me. It just, it, it felt kind of cheesy, uh, you know? And on top of that, I feel like we've heard this song before. Shaggy had a solo song on Psychopathics from Outer Space Part 2 called Do It. And I don't know if you remember that song, but it did this whole like bombs over Baghdad beat thing. And Mm. I'll actually give you a minute. Go listen to just jump partway into this song Fight Club. Then go to Psychopathics from Outer Space 2 and jump partway into the song Do It and tell me it's not the same song. All right. Three minutes later. Damn, what the hell? That's so incredibly similar. Holy Even the, shit. The cadence and the flows and everything about it really yeah. matches up. Yeah. Holy crap. That's insane. Yeah. The cadence flows for sure. Yeah. I think I think uh I think Fight Club has a little bit more like guitar in it, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was just the point that I, I jumped to, honestly. But and, that drum beat uh, though is the same. Yeah, the drum beat is the same. Yeah. For sure. Definitely the same. Yeah, even it's even like the same BPM, I think. It's just like wild. 
but uh, dude, I'm pretty sure you could probably, as a DJ, you could probably easily mash those tracks up. Oh, for sure. Anybody could. So anyway, uh, those were my thoughts. Um, I, if those are thoughts, what were your thoughts? Um, I honestly kind of the same. I did not catch the similarity to that Shaggy song, uh, like you did, but not a great song. You're right. It's a song about fighting. It's titled fight club and it comes off so incredibly soft. You are absolutely right. It comes off so extremely soft and it just cheapens the entire thing. Yeah. I I think if you remix hmm. this and put it with a different track, maybe it could come off as being pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Um, I don't know. Maybe not. I it think might the just guitars don't really cheesy. mix in that well. I think this song was overall extremely forgettable. The amount of guitars on this album really surprised and disappointed me. There were a lot. A lot. There? Yeah. 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 There was a lot. All right. Let's move on to track four. This one's called When I Rap. What did you think about when Violent J raps? So this is an entire song about what happens when he raps yeah um and it it's very uh cocky but you need to be cocky when you uh are a an mc if you will right it's a it's um, a thing it's a thing it's 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 a thing mom so when i rap i thought the intro beat was super good mm-hmm. man i enjoyed it i thought the flows were pretty good this song wasn't bad I, I up until this point, this is the best song on the album, in my opinion. Um, he it's just a bunch of one liners about when I rap, when I rap the carnivals in town, four leaf clovers all over the ground. When I sing, the hat can sing, toys come alive, and I pretend just shit that happens whenever he performs, right? Yeah. Um, and it's just a bunch of one liners like that, right? What, what were your thoughts? Uh, I also thought there was something cool about the beat. I think the song is kind of lame. Uh, Structured lyrics and flows all felt pretty weak to me. It's that it's that same formula that we identified on the Bizarre albums where he'll go when I rap or when I sing or when I rhyme, then a a punchline. It's just one liners, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. Dumb stuff like when I rap, turn 20 cents into 50 bucks. I I don't know what that means, but that's the kind of lines we're getting. There's really no hook to the album. And I honestly listening to this, I was like, this would have been a better intro than the intro. I think that'd be a great intro. Yeah. It's yeah. a solo. It would have made sense. It's a solo album. Yeah. He's talking about himself rapping. Yeah. I think it would have been cool as the first track. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. 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 I, I think we're kind of in agreement. Maybe I enjoyed it a little bit more than you, but probably. Uh, probably. it's fine. All right. Well, let's move on to track five. This one's called Candyland featuring Isham. Okay. Now this song. This song. I actually really enjoyed <laughs> I did too. Uh, okay. Thank God. Oh my God. You do not know. Okay. Good. I'm less nervous now. Guys, I loved how this song started, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So Violent J has this intro uh, and I say the more candy, the merrier. So fuck mom and dad. And now boys and girls, I hope you're ready for a wondrous adventure into a world full of lots and lots of candy. Mm -hmm. Is the intro. 
Um, I thought the beat was really good. I thought the lyrics were dope. The flows were dope. The Esham feature was dope. The chorus wasn't that good, but it w- also wasn't offensively bad. But it's a, it's a song about the board game Candyland. It is. It is. And that was my favorite board game growing up. So I'm like here for it. I loved this song. Uh, man, I loved this beat. I thought the beat was really cool. This is the type of beat when I when I hear Mike Clark. This is what I'm hoping for. Uh, and he delivered here. I thought the flows and lyrics were fun. I actually liked the hook. I thought it was catchy. Uh, I I think Esham crushed his verses his tone on this song was there the way his cadence connected with the beat was fire as fuck to me i i don't i actually thought this was as much an esham song as it was a violent j song the two of them just like combined forces to make oh yeah uh, uh, to at least up to this point the standout track on this album now i do take one issue with this song and it's in esham's verse um and it's a line Boston baked beans, lemon head, jolly rancher, going all gummy down your throat like a tarantula. Yeah. Boston baked beans, lemon head, jolly rancher. Yeah. Gross. I mean, those are all kinds of candy. Yeah, I guess. I I, I hated Boston baked beans, though. Really? I th- it's just a peanut with a candy shell. I don't. I mean, mm. Nah, not a fan. No, that's not, not that's not it. Uh, yeah, I, actually, I thought there was one Esham line that was really funny, and it was when he was talking about all this crazy Candyland stuff, and he goes, was I high? I was high. I won't lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> it just, it fit really good. well and made me laugh when I heard it. I was like, okay, that's pretty funny. Uh, oh, yeah, it, it definitely fit very well. So, guys, Candyland, like Eric said, definitely standout track of the album thus far mm-hmm. but oh it also uh candyland appears on a super villains uh hit list interesting uh, the album is called hit list it okay. came out in 2019 by the way so candyland bam done next done. song titled get out the way eric what were your thoughts um man i think this song sucks like really really sucks uh, it's a very gross rock song to me. There was really no concept to it. Um, and like some of the other songs we've already heard, I feel like this song is just based on the title. They were like, we'll just come up with titles for songs and they'll write themselves. And that, that line get out the way is repeated over and over. And I don't even feel like they made a super catchy hook using that line. I just, Mm-mm. Nothing, nothing about this song worked for me at all. And I'll give them credit for going, going to do something different each track, uh, which I don't think they do something different each track. But this is a massive change up from the previous track. I don't know. What do you think? This was extremely disappointing after hearing Candyland, right? Yeah, I mean, it was almost whiplash going from something as good as Candyland to this. Yes. Um, and that's disappointing. But this song is very much so indicative of what something that you mentioned earlier on in this episode. And and that is Violent J feeling like he needed to put something out solo because it was, quote unquote, his turn or whatever. Yeah. You know, Um, this is something that's shit out. Yes. I mean, this is the get out the way is is the definition of a song that was shit out. 
Uh, yeah, I don't want to say that I feel like this is below them, but I think it is. I think there are tons of uh, musical artists, rappers, whatever, that crank out music and they they yeah. go lowest common denominator. They go find the hook and then just fill in the blanks, whatever. Uh, I do not think ICP has ever been that group. I think they make songs because they have an interesting concept or they have something to say. And this song is the opposite of that. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Um, yeah, that my my thoughts mimic yours on this one. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. All right. Well, then um, let's let's get away from this one and on to track seven called 14 year old. And that title had me really scared going into it. Oh, man, I looked at it and I was like, oh, no, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but it's not about what you think. No, no. This song was uh, the beat was actually kind of dope. Let me be honest. The beat was actually kind of dope. The flows were simple. They kind of were like the we've talked about this before on previous episodes, but the flows being the first option of vocal pattern. Yes. And not really developing them further than that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of uh, disappointing, but they've done this before. Like I said, we've talked about this in previous episodes. Um, the course was just okay. Uh, overall, this song was pretty forgettable. Um, it was also harder to get into because uh, Genius Genius is actually missing the lyrics to this song and a couple other songs. Yeah, probably. I saw that. But... Um, yeah, I mean, this song was 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 pretty 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 forgettable for me. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'll give this song a little bit of credit after "Get Out the Way" for actually feeling like this is something that Violent J had written out and had a concept and had a story to tell. Uh, so I'll give it that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really don't have any issues with the concept, but I do think that this song is a huge miss. Right. The song is about a 14 year old getting hit by a car and dying, but his soul never moves on. So he's stuck in limbo at 14 forever, which is Mm -hmm. an odd concept. Uh, Interesting, though. I mean, okay, Um, not a great concept, but definitely something you could build off of. So why the fuck? Is Violent J using this really happy sort of soft voice? And why is he rapping over All I Want to Do by Sheryl Crow? I don't get it. Because that's what this beat (laughs) sounds like. It sounds like all I want to do is have some fun. Um, So you take this dark, serious concept that could be uh, meaningful or could be scary, but you put it over this happy-ass, easy-listening beat, and it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it's kind of strange and... and I mean, this, like I said, this song was forgettable. It was, it, it's a little baffling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's some good aspects to it, but I, the good aspects don't really mesh well with the less good aspects. I don't think it's a bad song. If you take all the parts and separate them, not one of the parts is bad, but when you put it together, I'm like, something about this doesn't quite fit. So I don't know. Whatever. Right. This doesn't quite add up. No, not not quite. All right, well, let's move on to track eight. This one's called I Get Mad. Did it make you mad or did it make you happy? I was pissed. <laughs> um, the song starts off super hard. And I, I started getting into it, right? Sure. Somebody's always starting shit that I'm going to have to finish in my life. I'm, 
I'm like a landmine and you are dancing menace. I mean, it just, it, it really like teetered off towards the end to the point where it was just, I think honestly, this song, the, the, this song and the next two songs are where this album starts to lose me mm. and I start to get, start to get a little bit impatient, right? It's all starting to mesh together at this point. It's uh, forgettable again. I, I have to agree. And I remember this song. I, I mean, I can, I wrote down the chorus lyrics and I can picture how they go in my head. But um, this is another bad rock song to me. Uh, yeah. Flows are oh, decent yeah. and appropriately aggressive for the theme, but the hook is so lame. The second it gets to the, I get mad, I'm going to fuck you up. I was like, no, no. This is like, yeah, um, it's like great value limp biscuit lyrics. Like it, it's, <laughs> it's like violent J listened to break stuff and he was like, oh, let me make a yeah, song like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought the beat was pretty boring, kind of forgettable song basically tells the story of getting into a fight. And I think, again, this is a song that was probably manufactured so that people could sing along and fucking mosh at a show, I guess. I don't know. This was written for a live audience, I think, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Those are my thoughts. Well, sounds like we have the same thoughts yet again. Let's move on then to the next song, uh, Bolder, Better, Faster, Stronger. Uh, and that is Just Faster. The song is called Faster. Eric, what were your thoughts? Well, I thought this was another crappy rock beat. Uh, the the flows are decent, but the chorus is super buddy butt rock. Um, oh, yeah. Songs about dealing with a, uh, you hear a doctor say something about hyperactive personality disorder, and the, the chorus has... Why can't I settle down? Why can't I slow it down? Um, it's like it, it. the song, you know, for trying to do different stuff on each track is shockingly similar to the previous track to me. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Extremely similar to the previous track. Um, I was not a fan of the stupid butt rock beat. Music was bad. Um, I also thought that the song wasn't that clever. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, how many times have we praised Violent J for being such a good storyteller and a wordsmith? Many, many, too many, too many to count, you know? And so having stuff like this come out of, come out of him is, is a little disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, hmm. like that. Well, the next track, let's talk about the next track. Um, this one's called Jealousy, and it's definitely different than these last two. Uh, how'd you feel about Jealousy? I have, I'll be honest, I have almost no opinions about this song, but I will give you mine. The guitar's still in there. Mm -hmm. I want them gone. <laughs> yes. Um, but this song is about basically violent J talking about being jealous of uh, a woman with another man a little you know right yeah so whatever I mean it the content he puts out in this song the story he tells works it's not a unlistenable story but it's very forgettable and it's it's kind of like one of those why is this on this album 
things. Not only why is it on the album, how was this the lead single from the album? This was the lead single? Yeah, and there's a video for it. I did not know that. Okay, now I'm I'm pissed. <laughs> yeah, that's very strange to me. Yeah, um, weird. That's very strange to me. What were your thoughts? Uh, the beat is okay. It's like a mid to late 2000s sort of simple beat. It's one of the most... I, I suppose current with that time sounding beats, but there are guitars all over it. I think the guitars on the verse, I'm not a fan of. I liked the guitar on the chorus. It was sort of this weird kind of dissonant, messy guitar that sort of worked. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the guitar on the bridge was like some weird BG 70s disco stuff that was really odd. And they lean into that for the video. There's a very disco feel to it. Um, really? Yeah. I'm going to have to go watch the video after this. It's strange. The concept is about Violent J seeing a girl at a club and being jealous of the guy that she's with. I don't know. There's, it's like a lot of like borderline whisper rapping. Um, Most of the song didn't actually even have flows or rhymes. It felt like, like Violent J stream of consciousness talking off the top of his head about being jealous of this guy. Uh, and there wasn't even like a beginning, middle, end of a story. It was just <laughs> kind of, we caught the middle of a rant. I, I, this was a confusing song to me, man. This is, we walked in at the corner of a club. We walked in and he was already in the middle of this conversation. With himself. We're just and hearing his is- thoughts. Yeah, and this is just, he's a very drunk individual that's talking to himself in the corner. Yeah. And this is just the portion that we happen to catch. Yep. That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, I could see it. I could, I could, uh, I could see that. Well, hey, that was jealousy, and it never will be again. Uh, no. Next up is a song called Home Invasion. This one actually features Shaggy. Uh, what were your thoughts? Uh, good to hear Shaggy on this album. The two of them together, man, uh, 10 songs in, I didn't realize how much I missed him and, and how well the two of them fit together until this song came on. Um, I like the conversation that they have at the beginning because it felt genuine. Like, you you sure you're okay to get home? Make sure you give me a call. Let me know you got home okay. Talking about some show or movie or something that they watched. I don't know. It was funny. Um, it's a weird concept, though. The beat is Okay. Uh, song kind of works on some level, but once I got past the first verse, it started to lose me. I wasn't a big fan of the hook. This is literally about people breaking into their home and them killing the intruders. Um, I don't know that it all comes together, but the chorus is weird. Uh, they wanted my home. I'm not going to break. That's repeated over and over. But then there's a part where they say, I just want them out of my home. And it sounds like I, every time I hear it, I think they go, I just want to celebrate. And I'm like, <laughs> they stole that, that chorus. They stole that line. And it, it like the lines and the timing and the cadence is exactly the same up to want them out of my home. I'm like, Oh, misdirection. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but that's all I heard. What'd you think? Yeah, they started to lose me around the same point as well. So I understand where you're coming from there. Uh, But I I was very, very excited to hear Shaggy on this track. You're right. The intro was was very it felt very genuine. 
it's i mean that intro is a conversation i've had with friends before yeah i'm sure it's a, uh, the same conversation you've had with friends before sure right so it felt genuine especially because they are friends yeah right the storytelling was good it was definitely way better than some of the storytelling on the previous songs of this album but it 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 just wasn't his best yeah it felt a little man. I mean, honestly, I would have loved to see them sit on this song for like another year and put it out as ICP and polish it up a little bit. That would have been good. Like the story, the concept is more high level than a specific story. It sounds like you are telling a general story of a home invasion concept versus here is what the home invasion that occurred in my life was like. It, it just right. You're right. If they would have sat on it for a while, thought on it, tweaked it, reworked it, could have been a great track. Yeah, it really could have. Um, but that is not what happened, unfortunately. Oh, well. Oh, well. Let's move on. All we can do is move on. Let, let's move on. Right? You know what we're going to move on to? A song called Four, the number four, For the Hose. This song is also missing lyrics on Genius. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Oh, well. Sorry. Genius, do better. Hey, Mushy Mustard, come on. Do better. Get with Put it. Put the lyrics in. Yeah. Get with it. I liked the beat. I liked the flows. The chorus was okay. It, it definitely was not as good as the verses, but it wasn't offensively bad like all the other choruses. One line I wrote down that I really enjoyed. Penis and pussy holes should always get along. Yeah. And that is, the, that is, that is, I think that sums up the song pretty well. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's just, man, you can give me this song as like a track four. Uh, and I can be like, ah, ha, ha, yes, yes. For the hose. Don't give me this song as a track 12. <laughs> like, if, if first of all, we're 12 tracks deep. I, I, I say it. I will say this for the rest of this podcast. Every single episode, I bet. If you're giving us an album that's longer than 10 songs, they better be damn good songs at the end. And that's just not the case with this one. Mm-mm. What were your thoughts? Well... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest here. I'll be honest in my first listen. This is where I started skipping through tracks. Um, yeah, I did go back and listen to the whole songs in my second listen, but in my first listen, I, my patience had worn very thin. This song got part way in and I started skipping. Uh, so I did go back and listen uh, I think the beat is fine. The flows are fine. I think the lyrics are kind of suspect when you listen to it. I thought the singing yeah. on the chorus was not what it needs to be. And this concept is just Violent J listing off every kind of ho he can think of. Um, and almost all of it is phrased in a sexual way. There's one line that really confused me. I went back and listened and wrote it down. And it was, my homie's sister and her little homegirl all love sucking dick holes in their own world. Uh, con- conceptually and linguistically, I am baffled by this one. I don't like that. <laughs> I know it's weird. Just yeah, sucking the hole, true. but also your homie's sister and her little homegirl. That's that felt weird. 
Yeah. I don't like that either. No, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I I don't blame you. Yeah, the uh, guys, we're getting into the the weeds here on 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 this album. If I'm being honest, like we're getting into the shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. Speaking of shit, let's talk about the next song. It is called Pyromaniac. Eric, oh, what were your thoughts? God, this one was hard to listen to. Literally, this was difficult to listen to. It was a. Like there, there are these like shitty bar rock guitar riffs at the beginning. It wasn't even butt rock. It was like, uh, like if you went to see a band at a bar, that was like some dads that do a band in their free time. This is the kind of riff I would expect to hear. I, I think the first time I listened, I skipped immediately once that started. Uh, coming back to listen through again, I thought it was even worse as I got into the song. I thought the I didn't like the beat. I didn't like the guitars all over it. I thought the singing on the chorus was really bad. The song is about being a pyromaniac. I, I don't know. What did you think? Set a truck on fire and drove it through a Wendy's, burned down a quick stop, and firebombed Denny's. I mean, that's a this good song, line, though, but... <laughs> it's a good line. Um, there's some good stuff deeply, deeply hidden in here, but there is so much bad stuff that's just violently on top of it that you can barely find it, right? Yeah. I, I didn't know about that line until I just now read it on Genius when I was scrolling through the lyrics. I didn't even catch the lyrics of the song. I mean, I sort of did. I caught enough of the gist of it. All I could hear was the the music and the bar rock aspect of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, it's, I had to look at these lyrics in order to get a sense of this song because... It's just the the music is so violently bad over it. It sucks. This song, I think, is easily the the worst one on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, real fast, though, before we move on. Somebody wrote a quick biography about this song um, on Genius.com. Genius user Gamer Gage. This song is about how Jay goes around and starts burning anything can with a heavy h-e-v-e-y meatle m-e-a-t-l-e beat yep that's right that's exactly right yep all right next song let's move on guys next song is a song everybody loves this song it was a hit you play it and kids go crazy this was disney at its best let it go <laughs> thoughts my first line was i'm um, just like i was disappointed that wake up was not the coheed and cambria song uh, i'm disappointed that this wasn't a cover of the song from frozen although i will believe very much that this served as the inspiration for that song i i think this served as an inspiration for that whole movie probably uh so i, I thought the flows were actually pretty tight in this one um, the bluesy guitar over the minimal beat didn't do a lot for me. Uh, the chorus has Violent J doing that Leonard Cohen voice again, singing. Um, some parts were kind of interesting to hear him talk through some of the people and things from their past. And the concept uh, of the song is basically let the past go because you can't change it and keep moving on, which works for them. I, I get where he is in his life here. I wouldn't say it was a great song, but a decent album ender. Too bad it's not the last song on the album. What'd you think? So I don't know if it 
was because it was directly after Pyromaniac, or if it because, or if it's just genuinely good. But I enjoyed this song. Um, I kind of dug it. I thought the beat. I I I disagree with you. I kind of like the that bluesy guitar over the minimal beat. It just it kind of did it for me. I I enjoyed it, but the flows were good. The chorus, yeah, he's doing that little singy thing, but mm-hmm. it's not bad. No, I liked it. Yeah, it's okay. I would. I, I I agree. I wish this was an album ender. Well, I'm curious oh, about wow. the album ender though. So let's talk about that. Track 15 uh, on the album itself is listed as just three question marks, but it is listed as a track, just three question marks Uh, on Spotify. It's just called Freeway Killer. Uh, But I don't I I assume this is supposed to be a hidden track. Tell me your thoughts on Freeway Killer slash question marks. Yeah. So um, the lyrics on Genius are just the intro hmm. after all the dead air. So yeah, guys, we, we get a little bit of dead air, um, which points towards this being a hidden track after the dead air. I thought the intro was actually pretty cool. I liked it. I thought the yeah. beat was sick. I, I thought the chorus was pretty fucking catchy. Mm-hmm. The chorus was catchy as hell. I enjoyed this song. I wish it wasn't a hidden track. I wish they would have just had a fucking song, right? Yeah. I and, and I agree. This, this is what I want. This this is what I would want. Get rid of Pyromaniac. Put Freeway Killer in its place in the album with Let It Go. Boom. Sure, that would be a uh, better. And then a better delete sequence. all the dead air from from uh, yes free, from Freeway Killer. But uh, yeah, well, what were your thoughts? Uh, so first off, the whole hidden track thing. Why put a minute of silence at the beginning? If it's a hidden track. Why list it on the album and why put the song on a separate track? That's very weird exactly. to me. Um, but with people, that, like, people know that this is a song. Right. The, the the dead air isn't fooling anybody. No, no. I mean, maybe when it, it like on a cassette tape or uh, on a CD, if you don't list it. But I mean, if you put it on a 15th track, you can skip to it and go, well, there's something here. Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway. I actually think this is one of the better songs on this album. It feels like a classic ICP murder spree song. Uh, Not probably as good as some of the early stuff or even the songs that we heard on Hell's Pit that took this angle. Uh, But I think it's better than a lot of the other tracks on this album. I think the beat is okay. I think the flows and lyrics are put together really well. This feels like a fully thought through song. Good concept. Um, Sounds like he got some help with the singing on the chorus, which was a good thing. It brought that chorus together. It worked pretty well. I, yeah. I, I thought this was a decent song. I just hate that it's got a minute of silence at the beginning. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it kills the song for me. Yeah. The amount of silence at the beginning. I don't understand it. I wish I could go in there and fucking edit it out. For yeah. Him. <laughs> um, and just say, hey, this is better. Trust me. Yeah. Don't talk back. um (laughs) yeah no i i i agree with you on on all of your points there i i I do think that the uh the extra help singing is probably what make made the chorus so catchy uh in my eyes yeah yeah we've got mike clark back but you know what i haven't heard in a long time is legs diamond put him on your fucking choruses give him the guitar let him write some guitar parts it will help trust me 
I want legs back in my life. Same. Listen, that was officially the last track of the album. We have tore it apart. (laughs) Now let's overall talk about our thoughts on The Shining. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. The Shining. This was an album that very, very, very much so felt put together, cobbled together because out of obligation, which is exactly what we were talking about um, when Eric was giving us the info on the album before we reviewed it. There's some good stuff in here. There's enough redeemable things for me to be relatively okay with this album, but there is a lot of shit on here. Yep. That's what I got. Eric, what, what, uh, what do you got? Uh, you know, Hey, this is what this podcast is for. I feel bad, uh, you know, voicing opinions on other people's art, but you put it out there for the world. People, you know, are meant to hear it, interpret it, have feelings about it. I hope there are people that were really stoked and love this album. I hope Violent J loves this album. I really do. Um, uh, on the same level, I hope he feels really disappointed and wishes it was something else because that's how I felt. Uh, I thought this was a really boring album. Uh, lots of songs about nothing. Most didn't have catchy beats or hooks. Uh, I would think, to your point, normally if you're going to do a solo album, it's because you've got music that you feel passionate about and you need to record. Like, I'm going to do a solo album because I've got these songs. I want to do this. Uh, you know, but this album. It sounds like the kind of album an artist puts out when they need to fulfill a contractual obligation. It does not feel like Violent J had these songs and he just needed to share them with the world. Um, right. I'm starting to wonder if having Mike Clark back as a producer is a good thing. Uh, but considering Mike Clark produced this and Shaggy's solo album, I wonder if it's Violent J that his creative influence is the issue here. Uh, I was, yeah, and I was going to say, cause, cause Shaggy's was good. It was <laughs> like, good. It was beats oh, were yeah, cool. His stuff was good, but this album made me realize how much the two of them need each other to balance each other out. Um, gosh, when you take the two musical styles from their two separate solo albums, they couldn't be more different. And when you put them together, they definitely balance each other. And now listening back, uh, thinking back on all of the albums I've listened to, I can hear the ones that I think Violent J had more of an influence on. Like, I get that. Um, But with that dynamic in mind, the two of them balancing each other out, I'm going to be really curious to hear their next full length, uh, hoping that the two of them having done their solo albums and now actually working with Mike Clark is a real producer, not just somebody providing tracks, uh, hoping that all comes together. Those are my thoughts. I loved them. I loved your thoughts. Awesome. Thanks. Listen, now we got to put our personal favorite tracks on this uh, playlist of ours. Ooh, you have any standouts? I I have one that I know I want to put on. Same. And I think we have the same one that we both want to put on and it's it's got to be Candyland. Absolutely. That right. was mine. Yeah. Okay. I have two others that I think are close. Not close to that, hit, hit, but hit, pitch them to me. Pitch them to me. If Freeway Killer didn't have a minute of silence at the beginning, that would be an easy second pick for me. 
Oh yeah, I, I it would be easy for me as well. I agree. The other song that I thought kind of worked was Home Invasion. I think I think Home Invasion is the one that, that needs to go on. I think Freeway Killer. If we're gonna look at this playlist as something to jam while you're on a road trip, yeah, you can't jam to a minute of silence, right? Yeah. The other option would be Let It Go because I think that and Home Invasion are the two that came closest to making sense. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna. Uh, I, I think I like Home Invasion more than Let It Go. Okay. Honestly, um, cool. let's let's go ahead and toss that bad boy on there. Um, and then, uh, hey, close, close, third place, Pyromaniac. For sure, <laughs> for sure. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Uh, okay, so we are sitting at 58 songs, four hours and 22 minutes of content from the insane clown posse. I'll be eager when the time comes to go back and listen through, because I think we've picked good tracks off of all these albums. And even the albums that we didn't like, I think we're going to listen back and go, man, what a bunch of great songs. What a legacy they have. Yeah, I think so too. Honestly, I think this playlist is is going to be a very very fun listen i think so too after the after after we're all caught up to 2020 uh, or 2021 rather icp yes awesome well now it's time to rate this darn thing <laughs> let's talk fago scores so um i think we can probably skip out on skits and interludes there weren't really any no. other than the intro and then uh freeway killer as well yeah um so let's go ahead and delete that one out. Um, so let's start with uh, music and beats. Uh, I went ahead with music and beats and scored it a two. Uh, I think that's a pretty fair score for what we heard. Just so it was so much more guitar on here than I would have wanted and not done well. Although there were a couple tracks that had some good aspects to them. I I went with a two for the same reason. There was a lot more focus on trying to create rap, rock beats. And uh, again, I don't have an issue with guitar samples in hip hop music. I think it can be done really well and, and work great. I just didn't think this was particularly good. So music and beats gets a two from me as well. All right. Lyrics and flows. I went with a two as well. I mean... It has to be obvious after our, our breakdown of each song, right? There's no... It, I didn't feel a lot of heart in this in this album. It felt very much, like you said, an artist trying to wrap up a contractual obligation yeah. by putting out another album so he could get out of his contract. Yeah. Uh, I, I also went with a two, and I felt like for just your mainstream middle of the road sort of shitty radio rapper i would probably give the flows and and cadences and lyrics on this two and a half or three uh considering it's violent j and we know what he can do and i expect a little more i went with the two um uh, maybe we're being too hard on him but it, he deserves it because he's so good exactly right exactly um skipping skits and interludes let's go straight to vibe at time of release I went, I kind of hit it hard on this one. I went one and a half. And that's just because it doesn't do rapper hip hop well, particularly. It doesn't do butt rock well. And it doesn't do rap rock well. 
And those are pretty much what this is. Doesn't yeah. do any of them well. I went a little harder at it. Looking at all those albums that came out in 2008 and 9, not to say that those were great albums, but if we're looking at comparing the vibe of this album to the current vibe of popular music, there's two ways you get a high score from me. One is you are just ahead of the trend. Like you are taking it further and advancing ahead of the people that are currently making big hits. Number two, you have ignored the current trends and done something so transcendent that it just like when Shaggy put out that 90s hip hop album that was like, this was deliberate and it really worked. This one, I think, is neither of those things. I think this album feels like still trying to hold on to and perfect what they were doing in 2000, 2001. And it doesn't come together here for me. I gave it a one. Perfect. I think that's a deserved score. Yeah. Uh, so what's that bring us to in our, our total? Well, this is a 1.75, and he's he's lucky we round up because this is a two-fago release. Congratulations, Violent J, for your two-fagos. Savor them. They're all you fucking get. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, that is it. Fago well is running dry. Uh, guys, fantastic episode today. Fun episode. Very fun episode. I e- Even though, Eric, I don't sometimes don't necessarily enjoy the content that we have to listen to to do these. Mm-hmm. I always very much so enjoy doing these with you. Same, same. Uh, it's still worth doing. You know, even even if listening to the album, I go, Ugh, how do I do this? Uh, getting to come talk about it and hang out, hang out with you, hang out with our listeners. It makes it worth it. I love it. Always an amazing time. I love it. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us yet again today. Keep sharing us around. Yeah, thank you. Keep hanging out with us. Yeah, do it more. Share it around. And if you are interested in doing your own podcast, we use Buzzsprout. They make it super easy to post and publish. Uh, also, all their analytics tools are great. They'll send you email updates and let you know. They set really fun sort of achievement goals, get X number of downloads, post X number of uh, episodes and things like that. Really cool. If you're interested in starting your own podcast, or if you're not really stoked on the service you're using, check out Buzzsprout. There's a link in our bio. When you use it, you can get yourself an Amazon gift card. Totally worth doing. Make sure you check it out. Hey, it's Christmas time. Start a podcast real quick. Click that link and uh, use that gift card to buy some gifts, baby. That's a good idea right there. But get on it. Get on it because... Amazon's being real, real busy right now. Yeah, yeah. Do it like real today. Busy time of year. Buy your stuff. Yeah, get do it, it shipped. right now. So why are you still here? Go. You have stuff to do. All right. Next week, we will be wrapping up season two. This season has been a short season, but it has also been a very, very fun and rewarding season. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to be doing our holiday special, where it sounds like. We might be sampling some vegan holiday nog mm. and seeing how that goes. Um, too bad Fago doesn't do an eggnog. I don't think I've ever seen them do one. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, but I don't think I've seen it. 
they put out some weird stuff. They do. We should we should get on it. We should we should write them a letter. We should. Um, so look forward to that holiday special. It's gonna be pretty much. Do you guys know what we do at the top of the episodes where we just kind of bullshit around a little bit? Uh, it's gonna be that. Yeah, and it's fun. It's gonna be real fun. It's gonna be holiday um, themed. And we'll have a very special guest. Here's a hint: he loves Gibson guitars and video games, and his name rhymes with Schmandy. Until then, you can hang out with us. On social media, we're on Twitter at ICUPWWE. Drop us a follow. Talk to us about ICP. Hang out with us. Eric, where can we find you personally? You can find me on Twitter at Nuclear is Lonely, or you can hit up my website, ericconway.com. All my uh, work and stuff is there. You can contact me that way as well. How about you, sir? You can find all of my stuff at www.locklearcomedy.com. You can also find me streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash gristle media. Uh, I stream during the day into the evenings, multiple days a week. If you're listening to this, there's a good chance I'm probably online as soon as you're done with this episode. Come say what's up. Yeah. Well, hey, until then, for Eric, I'm Aaron. Big ol'. Ho, 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 whoop, whoop to all of you out there. For the ho, ho, ho's. Whoop, whoop. Jeans, Quick, uh, boots with the fur. We hit the flow. <laughs> Next thing you know, Shorty got low. Shorty got low, 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 low. low, low.